Amen. Isn't that wonderful this morning? You know, you can live, just like she was saying there, you can live however you choose to live down here. If you want to be down in the dumps and depressed, there's plenty to be depressed about. Amen. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you've been depressed. We've all been depressed. Amen. But if you want to look up, amen, if you just keep your eyes toward the north, amen, keep looking up. Thank God you don't have to look down and around. You don't have to get depressed because God is better, amen, than anything that we're going to face in this walk of life. Sometimes it may be hard to lift our head and look up, but you know what David said? He said he's a lifter up of my head. Amen. When I can't get my chin up, guess what? He knows how to pick it up. Amen. And I praise him for that this morning. If you're able to stand with us, Acts chapter number one, and uh, I'm preaching a message this morning that uh, I was thinking about this this morning as I was praying for the service and praying for God's will and direction about the service. I'm preaching a very simple title this morning and a title I don't think you could, I don't think there's any greater title than what I'm preaching on this morning. That's not because I'm using this title. It's just because it is a great title. And I'm preaching on this subject this morning, on Jesus is coming again. Amen. And I don't think there's a greater title, a greater phrase than that phrase this morning, that Jesus is coming again. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 9, the Bible says, And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up in a cloud, received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. Father, I pray this morning that you'll bless the reading of thy word. Our hearts have been encouraged and been strengthened through the songs and I pray now that you'll challenge us uh, through the word of God. Help us to be willing and obedient to do whatever the spirit of God speaks to our heart about this morning and may you be pleased with our worship and we'll thank you and praise you in Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to preach on that subject on Jesus is coming again. And I notice in this text this morning here, I see the ascension of Christ in verse number 9 as the Bible says, and when he had spoken these things while they beheld, notice this, the Bible says he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. When it talks about the ascension of Christ here, it's very clear in the direction that Jesus was going, he was taken up. Amen. I see the divinity in this text as the Bible says that a cloud received him out of their sight the departure of our Lord as he is leaving the disciples now and he is going back to heaven. You say, preacher, why was the ascension so important? Well, I want to say the ascension of Christ is important for two very important things. Number one, the Spirit of God could not come until Jesus went back to the Father. Amen? And another reason it is important is because Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. I want to say I'm glad somebody's praying for me this morning and somebody is praying for you. And so there is the ascension of Christ. And then in the next verse, verse number 10, you'll see the apostles of Christ. As the Bible says here, that while they looked steadfastly toward the heaven as he went up. Notice the apostles are looking for looking to Jesus as he ascends into heaven. And they are longing for him. The Bible says, and they look, notice that next word there, steadfastly. Amen. I mean, they weren't just watching 
him as he was going out of sight. But they were looking, they were gazing upon him. They had fastened their eyes on Jesus because they knew that they would not see him again until he came in glory. Amen? And so there is the apostles of Christ and there's the ascension of Christ. But then notice in verse number 10 here, the assistance of Christ. As the Bible said that two men stood by them in white apparel. Now listen, these uh, uh, many believe these men to be angels uh, and some believe those two men to be Moses and Elijah because it was them that was on the Mount of Transfiguration and it'll be those that'll be the two witnesses uh, uh, during the tribulation period. You say, preacher, uh, what do you believe? Well, I don't know what I believe, amen, about that, but I do know what the Bible says here. It says that there was two men that stood by them in white apparel. Whoever these men were, uh, they were not of this world, uh, but they were from the glory world, amen? And they had a glorified body. And so we see the assistance of Christ. Uh, But then there comes this announcement. These two men have something to say to these men of Galilee. And notice what they say in verse number 11. Look at their announcement. They said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. What an announcement this morning uh, that we are still preaching about. And that announcement is, is that Jesus is coming again. Amen. Friend, that's the hope of the church this morning. And as these men make this announcement, they talk about the consistency of Jesus as they said, this same Jesus. Amen. I'm glad that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. In Malachi 3 and verse 6, the Bible says, for I am the Lord and I change not. We know that God does not change in the Old Testament and He does not change today. But the Bible says in the New Testament in Hebrews that Christ is just like God He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The consistency of Christ, the same Jesus that left will be the same Jesus that will come again. Amen. And then there is the comparison. As the Bible said that he has taken from you into heaven, he said he shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. Just as he went out on a cloud, thank God he's coming back on a cloud. Amen. Revelation 1 and verse 7 says... Uh, behold he cometh with clouds uh, and every eye shall see him and all kindreds and they that pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall well because of him uh, I'm telling you when he comes in the revelation of Christ uh, he'll come in the clouds amen John said in Revelation 19 and verse 11 he said and I saw heaven open he said and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he'll judge and make war he said his eyes were as a flame of fire and upon his head were many crowns and he had a name written that no man knew but himself and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God and he said the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in white linen fine and clean and the Bible said that out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of almighty God and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh 
high, a name written, amen, a king of kings and Lord of lords. I'm telling you, the king is coming free. Jesus is coming again and we're gonna get out of this old world. I'm telling you, friend, if I was lost, I'd get saved. If I was backslid, I'd get right with God. I'm telling you, friend, if I was right with God, I'd shout, amen, because he's coming again, amen. I wrote this in my New Testament this morning. I wrote three things I want to be when Jesus comes again. It's not the sermon. I'm just telling you God gave me this this morning. I was thinking about the king coming. I wrote down three things I want to be when Jesus comes again. Number one, I want to be real. Amen. I don't want to be fake and play in church. And brother laddie, I don't want to be sitting on the sidelines hypocriting on God. I want to be real. Amen. And number two, I want to be right. Amen. I'm telling you when Jesus comes, I don't want to just be real, but I want to be right with God. Amen. I want to be right where the Lord wants me to be, looking for the return of Christ. Amen. And that third thing I wrote down is I want to be ready. Amen. I'm telling you, I want to be real. I want to be right, and I want to be ready when Jesus comes. I don't want him to come and find me, listen, so wrapped up in this world that I'm not looking for him. I don't want to be full of apathy and complacency. I don't want to have lost my burden for souls. I don't want to be sitting on a church pew dead in four o'clock. But friend, when he comes, I want him to find me worshiping. I want him to find me witnessing. I want him to find me working and serving of the Lord Jesus Christ when he comes again. Amen. This old world is getting colder and I'm telling you our churches are drying up and dying but by the grace of God I've made my mind up. I'm going to stay in the fire. I'm going to stay on fire for God. If everybody else around me dies I pray the grace of God will be enough to keep the fire of revival burning in my soul and looking for Jesus to come again. Amen. Now, when I think about Jesus coming this morning, I look at this text this morning and I ask myself this question. The Bible says in verse 11, the same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven, now watch this, shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. The question that came to my mind in that little phrase, shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. The question I've got this morning is how did they see him go? Because how they have seen, how they saw him ascend is the same way the Bible says he's going to descend. Amen. You say, well, preacher, how did they see him ascend into heaven? I want to say, first of all, in our text, uh, uh, they saw him ascend vocally. Amen. If you want to know how he left this world, he left this world with something to say. Amen. And if you want to know how he's coming back, uh, he's coming back with something to say. Amen. I'm telling you, Jesus was vocal when he left uh, and he's going to be vocal when he comes again. Amen. See, he gave them a commandment, didn't he? He said, wait for the promise of the Spirit. And he said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. Jesus was vocal when he left this world. You say, well, preacher, what's he going to say when he comes back? First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 13, Paul said, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, 
again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. He said, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain at the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. He said, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. Now watch this. He said, with a shout. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, he left this world with something to say. And when he comes back, he's going to have something to say. He left this world ascending. And when he descends, he's going to come back vocally. He is going to shout. And it's going to be a shout so loud, it's going to wake the dead. Amen. He's coming back with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. Those three sounds in the rapture, my friend, that first sound, that shout, that's the, my friend, the sound of rapture. Amen. He'll call the church together. That voice of the archangel, my friend, is the sound of my friend ruin as Michael calls the angels of heaven together and gets ready to pour out the wrath of God and to do vengeance on this world during the tribulation period. But then, my friend, the sound of the trumpet. Do you know that they would blow a trumpet whenever, my friend, they was going into battle, but they would blow a trumpet when the battle was over with and the victory had been won and that's going to sound the alarm for the Jews and let them know that the king of glory is on his way. Hallelujah. He's coming, friend. And it's going to be vocal. Amen. The voice of the archangel, the trump of God. He said, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Amen. He said in that next passage, he said, but of the times and brethren, seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Amen. But he said, my friend, he said, but you're not of the darkness that that day should overtake you. He said, you're all the children of light and the children of the day. He said, we're not of the night nor the darkness. Amen. He said, my friend, therefore let us watch and be sober and let us put on the breastplate of faith and hope and a helmet of salvation. For God hath not appointed us unto wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wait or sleep, we shall live together with him. Hallelujah. He's coming, isn't he? Are you looking for him this morning? Hebrews 10, 37, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and he will not tarry. Amen. People say sometimes, well, now if the Lord tarries, he's coming. But the Bible says he's not going to tarry. I know that may just be a phrase that people use, but I'm telling you, he's not going to tarry, friend. Uh, he told them in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 35, he said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. He said in that next verse, uh, he said, but the day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels in heaven, but my father only. But one of these days, the father is gonna look at the son and he's gonna say, go get your bride. And can I tell you something? When he tells him that, there's not gonna be no tarrying. One of these days, the last soul's gonna walk the aisle and get in the family of God and the bride is gonna be completed and what about it could be this morning uh, the bride could be completed right now in this sanctuary this morning uh, and my friend the sun would come uh, and brother Danny what you sing about would be a reality uh, before the sun could set down here uh, uh, thank God uh, we could be over yonder uh, basking in the sunlight uh, of another sunshine uh, enjoying the goodness of God uh, the king is coming hallelujah 
I'm looking for him this morning. And he's coming vocally. And then I see secondly, not only is he, did he ascend vocally, but my friend, he'll so come in like manner. My friend, he ascended visibly. Amen. They not only heard Jesus, but they saw him go into heaven. And as sure as he ascended vocally, he ascended visibly, he's coming back visibly. I already quoted the verse in Revelation 1-7 where the Bible says, talking about the revelation of Christ, uh, when every eye shall see him and all kindreds of the earth and they that pierced him. Uh, listen, everybody's gonna see the king coming. Uh, listen, friend, uh, when he comes back, uh, it's not gonna be a secret to this world. Uh, the rapture will be known uh, in all the four corners of this earth. Uh, Jesus is coming back uh, in all of his splendor and all of his glory. He's coming again. And I'm looking forward to it, aren't you? John chapter 14 and verse number one. I know you know these verses, but it does good to let them run through us, don't it? He said in, he said in John 14, one, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. How many of y'all believe in God this morning? You believe in God. He said, believe also in me. He said, for in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. He said, and whither I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. And how can we know the way? And Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Friend, I'm going to tell you, if you're going to get to heaven, you'll have to go through the Son. Amen. The Bible said in 1 John 5, in verse 11 he that hath the son hath life and he that hath not the son of God hath not life these things have I written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the son of God if you go to heaven free you'll have to go through the son you'll have to go through the blood amen you'll have to go through the word of God you'll have to go through the spirit amen you can't go yourself you can't go your own way you have to go God's way amen and I don't know any better reason to get saved this morning than the fact that Jesus could come. I think I'm very confident in the statement I'm about to make that it would be true. That if the rapture took place right now, there would be people in this building left behind. You've got to have more than church membership. Baptism will not get you to heaven. My friend, you've got to be born again. You must be born again. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. You've got to be saved. He's coming visibly. Amen. And we're going to see him. Thank God when he comes. In 1 John 3 and verse number 1, John said, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. He said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. I'm glad, thank God, it's right now. Amen. I'm not waiting to be a son of God. I'm not wanting to be a son of God. But right now, beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. You know what keeps me wanting to live for God today? is the fact today may be the day. This may be the hour. This may be 
be the moment. Friend, I thank God the next step I take could be on a street of gold. The next meal I eat could be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I mean, that gives us hope, amen. He said, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us to live, to live godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Are you looking for him this morning? Paul was looking for him, wasn't he? Even in his hour of death, Paul said, I fought a good fight, 2 Timothy 4 and verse 6. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course and I've kept the faith. He said, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me, and not to me only, but notice this, but unto all them that love his appearance. I'm going to tell you how Paul died, friend, according to that verse of Scripture. Paul laid his head on Nero's chop block. And I believe when Paul laid his head on that block, he probably looked up toward the heavens. And in his last moments of breath, he didn't see the blade coming down. He saw the Son of God coming. Amen. I'll tell you how Paul died, friend. He didn't fight, die in defeat. He didn't die in discouragement. He died with his eyes fastened toward heaven, looking toward that eastern sky. He is looking for Jesus to come. I want to die on the battlefield, don't you? I want to die with glory in my soul. Brother Laddie, when it comes time to make the cross and friend, I'm telling you, the Bible said the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and give glory. I believe grace will be on one side. I believe glory will be on the other side. And friend, I'm looking to make a safe landing on the other side with the grace and the glory of God basking and looking for Jesus to come again. Amen. How did he leave this world? He left vocally. He left visibly. But I'm going to tell you how he left in this text too. He left victoriously. Amen. You say, preacher, where do you see that in that text? The Bible says a cloud received him out of their sight. You ever known a man to step on a cloud and go up? Amen. That's something Benny Hinn can't do. Somebody say amen. Or Benny Rooster or whatever you want to call him. Amen. Joel Osteen ain't never seen that happen. Somebody say amen. That's right. I'm telling you, Jesus is standing there. And all of a sudden, he got an escort out of this world to the glory world. A cloud came down to where it was and chauffeured him, my friend, from these portals uh, to the portals of glory. Amen. It took him out of time uh, and took him in the realm of eternity. My friend, Jesus stepped out on that cloud uh, and to the amazement of those disciples, uh, it chariot him uh, out of this world uh, and took him home uh, to be with the Father. And uh, sit down, praise God, uh, at the right hand of the Father. I'm telling you, I don't know if it's uh, helping you, uh, but I sure feel about an acre heaven down in my soul this morning. He's a coming friend. I wish he'd come right now. I wish the trumpet had sound. I wish we'd get out of here and go home to be with Jesus. Amen. I'm not just preaching. It's a reality. Hallelujah this morning. I'd love for him to come right now. Wouldn't it be wonderful? We sing that old song. Won't it be wonderful there? 
having no burdens to bear. Hallelujah. Not a heartache. Not a burden on the other side. I'm telling you on the shores of home this morning, they're singing a song in a heavenly language. They're lifting their voice up in a place where their bodies never tire and they never grow old. They're worshiping around the throne of God. It's the Lord's day. And they're all in the spirit on the Lord's day. They're having a time of their life of singing with the angels, of seeing the Son of God. They wouldn't come back for all the money in this world. But thank God one of these days, they may not come to where we're at, but one of these days, we're going to go and be with them. Hallelujah. Thank God there's victory in Jesus this morning. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 57, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 John 5 and verse number 4, the Bible says, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. The world looks at us this morning, Brother Rattery, and they mock us. And they say, you bunch of fanatics, y'all looking for a Jesus to come again. They make fun of that. And boy, they use his name in vain and they think we're a bunch of, they think we're a bunch of crazy people. But I'll tell you, the world can think what they want to. Amen. There's just a few of them standing on that Judean mountaintop that day. Thank God standing on the Mount of Olives as Jesus ascended back. I'm telling you, the world looked at them and thought they were crazy, but they stood in the presence of a king. Thank God, immortal and invisible, the true God, the Son of God, the only begotten Son of God. They watched him leave and go back home. And you and I had the privilege of watching him come back. I'm telling you, the world can say what they will, but one of these days, friend, they're gonna see us for the last time. Amen. I'm telling you, there's coming a shout there's coming my friend a rumbling my friend in the graveyard and Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 he said behold I show you a mystery we shall not all sleep but thank God we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump Paul said for the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed woo woo thank God we're going to be changed one of these days. We're going to have a new body. Hallelujah. It's going to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. What a day that's going to be. Paul said, for this mortal shall put on immortality. He said, and when this mortal shall, this corruptible shall put on incorruption. He said, when this mortal shall put on immortality and this corruptible shall put on incorruption, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Amen. I'm glad that when Jesus died, he pulled the stinger out of death, thank God. When he died and went in the grave, he made it a pleasant place to go and to wait for the resurrection. Thank God, the redemption of our body and his coming and we're going to get out of here one of these days. You know, when you plant something, there's an expectation for something to come up. When you bury something, y'all remember when everybody used to bury everything? Y'all remember that? Some of y'all say, well, you're not that old. No, but I'm from Murray County. When they started charging at the dump, we just went back to Burying everything. Well, I don't need that to be on tape, do I? 
But you know what? When you bury something, you put something in the ground that you don't ever want to see again. I wouldn't dare tell you some of the things I put in the ground. If you can't burn it, the old saying is bury it. Don't y'all look so sanctified. Like you ain't never put a tire in the ground. God forgive you. Amen. We won't name anything else. But when you bury it, it's because you never want to see it again. But when you plant it. Amen. You go out there and take some of them tulips. You put them bulbs in the ground. You know why you put them there? Because you're waiting for a resurrection day. You're waiting for that seed that's put in that ground. You're waiting for it to die and germinate, thank God. You're looking for something to sprout up. I'm telling you, friend, there's a lot of people I've loved and you've loved that we've worshipped with down through the years, Brother Danny, and we've had to say goodbye down here. We've took our loved ones and our friends out there in the silent city of the dead and we planted them down in the grave. But my friend, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we're of all men most miserable. We didn't put them in the ground to never see them again. We know on that great resurrection morning, thank God, the trumpet's going to sound and they're coming up out of the grave and we're going home we're going home we're going home hallelujah to be with Jesus praise God we're going home and we're going to take them all with us and there ain't a doubt in my mind that when you see Reverend Berman Cape you'll know him as he was known amen had a man tell me the other day he said well I just don't know if when we see him if we're going to be able to give them a hug or, or he said, I just don't know. I said, hush your mouth. Amen. Some people want to take the joy out of everything. Yeah. I said, well, if God don't reprimand me, I said, I got a sister over there and I plan on hugging her. Can I get an amen? amen. I'm not going to stand there and say, well, howdy. That's right. Oh, no, friend, it's going to be a reunion. If the disciples, or if Jesus let the disciples touch him after the resurrection, why would God not let me touch a loved one and say, Hallelujah, it's good to see you. I'm telling you, heaven's going to be so wonderful. I could pack up and go home now. In fact, I don't even got to pack. Somebody say amen. I'm telling you. I told my wife the other day, I said, you know, the older I get... There's things that just I just don't care for anymore. And I tell you, one of the things that if I never saw another one again, I would just be so thankful. Amen. And that's a suitcase. Somebody say amen. Brother, I'm telling you, don't you, don't you just get tired of packing and unpacking and packing? And I'm, listen, my wife can take, I mean, I don't know why. We're, we're some of the strangest people because she can take one suitcase now, it may weigh 152 pounds, but she can take one suitcase. I take everything I can get my hands on. And the older I get, the worse it gets. Amen? Because I get tired of going to Walmart and buying stuff. and So I just take everything with me. Amen? She'll have one little section over here in the trunk, and the whole rest of the trunk in the back seat's all my stuff. You know what? I can't stand to pack. One of these days... I will have packed for the last time. One of these days, this old tent is going to be folded. 
this old house that we're living in, this old body of clay, is going to go back to the dust from whence it came. But thank God we'll awaken his likeness. Job didn't have a Bible, he didn't have a church, and he didn't have a preacher. I don't know how he knew this. But he said, I know my Redeemer liveth. And I know he'll stand the latter days upon this earth. He said, though the skin worms destroy this body, he said, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself and not another. I'm telling you, friend, happy day, happy day, happy day. When Jesus comes again, would it be okay if I just took a moment and just shouted, Brother Lady, and just got a little bit excited because the rapture may come. Hallelujah. Dear friend of mine, was in a meeting one night, and I, I wasn't there in the meeting, but he got so full of God, he shouted every time he went to church. Don't you like them kind of people? Now, they make Southern Baptists nervous. Amen. And dead Baptists, but us that are saved, we like them. Amen. Or should I rephrase that? They're saved Southern Baptists. You know what I'm saying. Those that are like shouting, I shouldn't say it that way, but. He got to shouting up the aisle one day, fell over with a massive heart attack, died instantly. And I thought to myself, what a way to leave this world and to wake up in the next world. He died worshiping God and passed from death unto life and he woke up on the other side in the presence of God. I mean, never missing a beat. And he was a saying, holy, holy, holy. That's, a, that's what he was a saying. Coming up the aisle, holy, holy. I mean, he is saying holy. But then the next thing he knew, he stepped into holiness, amen. I'm telling you, thank God heaven is wonderful, amen. Brother, he's a coming and we're going this morning. But I wonder, are you ready? Are you ready this morning? Child of God, Are you where you need to be at with God? Are you a lazy church member just doing what you have to, dragging in late and dragging out late? Can you get to work on time, but you can't get to church on time? Something wrong. Don't blame it on everything else. You do what you want to do. It's the bottom line. Have you quit reading your Bible and praying? Have you quit tithing? Have you quit passing out tracts? Oh, listen, you can shout all day about him coming. But he said, don't love, don't love me in word and tongue, in deed and truth. We ought to live our life in the light of him coming. How about it, child of God? How are you living this morning? Are you living like he could come today? If you're not, you ought to get in this altar and say, Lord, forgive me. You say, preacher, I've asked him so many times, it doesn't matter. He'll forgive you again. Just mean it. And then this morning, maybe you're backslid. You're so far from God. You're not even going to church, not living like you should. You're out there living in sin. Maybe you're holding on to something. Maybe you're in church, but you're in sin. And you know you're not where you need to be at with God. I'm going to tell you something, friend. If you're backslid, you ought to get right with God because here's why. The way you're living your life, as sure as you could be sending somebody to heaven, If you're not living like a Christian, then you're sending people to hell. And you want to be right with God. You ought to get out of that backslid state. Quit blaming everybody and everything for that. 
You say, preacher, how do you keep from backsliding? You've got to constantly pursue God. If the rapture took place this morning, you don't want to stand at the judgment seat backslid, do you? You ought to get right this morning. And then if you're lost, oh my Lord, if you're lost, could you even imagine? We're going to give this invitation. And if you don't get saved this morning, could you imagine going out them doors and getting in your car and thinking you're going to live like any other Sunday and the sky open up and Jesus come and we'll be gone. You could come back to this church and you could run down this aisle and you could get on this altar and you could weep and cry and you could pray, but it would be to no avail because you had your chance. You had, I think the day we're living in, you're going to have to get very plain with people in order to just wake them up. I'm telling you, we're dealing with people that for the most part don't even have a God conscience anymore. How about it, sinner? I'm telling you, if I was lost, they wouldn't have to sing 10 verses of just as I am or whatever we're going to sing. If I knew I was going to hell, I'd come running scared down that altar or that aisle and I'd get on this altar this morning and I'd beg Jesus to save me because this could be the last opportunity. I wouldn't wait to the last verse because there may not even be a last verse. What if the rapture takes place before we get to the last verse? How about it this morning? Are you saved? I wonder as we stand. Maybe you need to come use this altar this morning. Brother Brian, what are we going to sing?